Welcome to Ladies Get Action, the podcast where two best friends talk about getting action movies. This week we watched John Wick. Um, before we get into it, how are you doing? How's your week been? How's your life? Well, I rolled back into New York City right before the snowstorm on a delightful red eye. <laughs> so I'm still sort of recovering from that. Yeah, that's always tough. But otherwise, you know, we took down the Christmas tree. I like set up lights properly for a better recording studio. Yeah, that was kind of my weekend. What about you? Nice. Um, not too much on my end. Uh, I'm back at work, so that's exciting and all-consuming. Yeah, the weekend was really restful and, and fun. We had a ton of snow, so I very carefully walked around outside in it, not wanting to re-injure myself post-fall. But yeah, it's just a boring, quiet weekend. Yeah, yeah. actually, James and I went out for a, a walk yesterday, and it was really fun because when I was in Bend, um, I went and saw my grandmother, mm. who had moved up to Alaska You know, at like 25 years old. Anyway, long story short, I got one of her jackets that's from probably the 50s, and it's mm -hmm. got a metal zipper, and it's got these buttons, and I'm very obsessed with it, but it is very warm. So nice. I like, tromped around in the snow in this, uh, you know, 70-year-old jacket. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm good. But this movie, <laughs> and before we talk about this movie, Rebecca, I'm still sort of internally reeling from the movie we put on beforehand. Oh, God, yeah. So, so we had a journey today. We had, like, a, a meeting we first met up um, about like business stuff and we got all that out of the way and that went lovely like it always does and then we're like okay we want to kill a little bit of time before we jump right into John Wick because knowing right. it would be intense well and also we both wanted to do our nails yes Mine important now a very pretty <laughs> sage color yours are like a tropic pink yes um so yeah we have priorities right and so we were we were flipping around looking at all the bad movies and just wanting something that for the background we stumbled onto this film what is it called? The, the poster, really. It's <laughs> this very ripped guy, um, very ripped white blonde guy, staring down at his crotch in horror and staring up at him. is a tiny human man about the size of a very large penis. Yeah. Sticking out from his, like, tidy whiteies, staring at him. It's about, like, the size of a penis that any, like, horrible first date would kind of hint at having. <laughs> you know? Like, they'd be like, oh, yeah. That's... Like, like a thick flashlight. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we saw this poster and we were appalled and, and excited. And, and intrigued. Had, yeah. And had to dig in deeper. So the description really caught us. It was something like this womanizer. A serial womanizer. Yeah. Tired of his penis wrecking his relationship. Yeah. Wakes up one day to find his penis is a, is turned into a person. Which, <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Is it like, it's still attached? Is it talking to him? Right. We had to find out, and we did. <laughs> oh, did we ever? We watched, I think, maybe a combined 30 minutes of this movie, maybe 40. No, no. Was it that long? I think we did, because we, we watched the whole beginning. Long? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we watched the whole setup. Yeah, we, wa we watched the setup, and it was abhorrent, incredibly racist, obviously misogynistic. Like, oh, that, that's a given. Truly offensive, but deeply unfunny too it was just awful and it was so awful i mean it was released in 2015 yeah. it feels like it was written to me in 2003 yeah and it also feels like to me that the producer was like i'm gonna be a writer and i can write this i'm so funny like they moonlight as a comedian you know what this movie just made me think of when trump was on the campaign trail remember and that horrible video the access hollywood tape of him on the bus and he was saying i can grab him by the pussy and you can get them when you're famous, they just, you know, you can just get women and they throw themselves at you. You can get away with it. 
It reminded me of that idea of like locker room talk mm. <laughs> that went around in the moment, you know, where the defense of Trump in that moment was, oh, this is just how guys talk. You don't know how guys talk. Guys talk like this. But then every time you ask a man in your life, do you talk like that? They go, no, not me. But like, that's, that's what this is. This movie was like locker room talk. It was like the nastiest things that you'd oh. imagine men would say to each other about women and to women about women. And continuing this fantasy of like, it's okay for us to say this. All the women in this movie are like into it. Oh, they're so into it. They're like ready to, to hop down and, and suck a D any second. They're like... Whereas, like, in real life, if a man came up to you in a store and was telling you how this, oh. hor like, this horrible prank that they pulled on a woman where they, you know, switched the, the negative to positive on a pregnancy test, you wouldn't be like, yeah, we should date. Like, let's go out. You'd be like, this conversation is over and I want nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, to get even further detail into that little moment, which is abhorrent, um, yeah, they switched uh, a positive to a negative pregnancy test. So the woman was pregnant and like smoking cigarettes to deal with the anxiety of her gaining weight. Which, I mean, it's, it's just sick. if you want to unpack that little sentence there yeah. too, is horrifying. And But I'm, he says this as a pickup line and it works. Right, right. The woman buying a pregnancy test is like, yeah, that's hilarious. I'll go home so with you. So funny. I just, I also am so curious about what went on behind the scenes of, of the agents and the actors being like, this is a great movie for you. <laughs> like, it's a really cute rom-com. It's a little oh. raunchy. Um, what, what a nightmare of a movie. Like, it really starts off, he meets a woman in the pregnancy aisle, and he's been injured. Um, and, like, he had a sex injury where a woman angrily, like, smashed his balls up into his stomach. <laughs> and the doctor is like, yeah, you can't masturbate. You can't have sex for six weeks. Side note. The doctor in this was played by an older woman and she was fantastic. I just wanted the movie to be about her. So he's like, oh no, I can't have sex. Oh boy. Um, so he actually starts forming a real relationship with the woman from the pregnancy aisle where they're not having sex. They're hanging out all the time. They seem like they're in a relationship. They're like smoking weed and playing video games and watching movies and like making out. And like, they seem really excited about each other. And then the day that he is cleared to have sex, he's picking up condoms or something. And then he hits a woman's car and this woman falls over herself to give him a blowjob. Well, because the idea is that, like, she's a cougar. She's an older lady. But if you look at her, if you really look at her, I, I bet they're the, either the same age or she's actually younger than she's him. Almost, she's almost certainly just 30. Right. Right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just shocking. It's like he hit her car, but she's like, I really want to blow you. And so she does mm -hmm. because he can't control his dick. Like that's the whole premise of the movie is that like the dick does what, he, what it wants and it's going to ruin this relationship. And so it does. But, you know, we fast forward once the dick became a human person. because That was insane, but not funny at all. Just nasty, nasty jokes. And the, the dick turns into a human being. Does the dick have a dick? We really wanted to know. That was really, really the question of this movie. We did fast forward through uh, the majority of it. So maybe the answer to that question, I would only hope. But the dick calls him from a payphone in an alley, um, and he has to go pick up his penis in human form. Um, and oh, also, he's missing a dick. He has like a Barbie, like a Ken doll bottom right now. He has no dick on his body because the dick is separate from him. Anyway, we fast forwarded to the end. He, he ends up with a completely different woman. Yeah, it makes no sense as a movie, and I really wish we had not spent that 30 minutes. <laughs> was it 30 minutes? I, really, I don't know if it was 30. I maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe it's 15. I'm exaggerating. I really wanted it to be like five. 
That's terrible. And then he has a he has a sidekick friend who is like like nasty too right off He's the bat. Awful. He's like, oh yeah, I mean, my, I really can't control my dick. Like, it just does what it wants. His friend's like, yeah, like maybe you could though. And he's like, no, you wouldn't know, man. Like, you don't have the opportunity to fuck as much as I do. His friend's like, you're right, I am trash. Anyway, that movie so, was really captivating for us. Uh, you get two and one with this episode. Yeah, I don't recommend that you watch what was it called, Bad Johnson. It was really, really terrible. But it was reviewed by like the LA Times and the New York Times and like Roger Ebert's people. But it's just oh, it's so bad. Anyway, what are your feelings on John Wick overall? Overall, I enjoyed it. I didn't know that I would. I was worried going in because the number one thing you know about John, or we both knew about John Wick before beginning the movie that a dog dies which as a dog owner is incredibly painful idea um and as a dog lover and you too you understand so despite that fact i really enjoyed it i thought it was tight and fun and stylish and i like keanu a lot it was ultra violent so we'll get into that but i overall liked it what about you yeah i really liked it which i think we're about 15 minutes in you know after the dog death and I will say, I'm really glad they, it wasn't like gratuitous. They didn't linger. They kind of showed what needed to be showed, yeah. shown, um, which I cannot say for the same for the humans. But yeah, I thought it was stylish in a way that Sin City didn't really quite capture, or I'm trying to think of any other very stylized movies. And actually what it did remind me of, which I know you will hate, but it was one of my favorite movies growing up and I still really like it. Um, it reminded me of Underworld in Ugh. a lot of ways. I thought... It was was really well paced and it was moody in a <laughs> yeah. way that I really appreciate. And I thought all those elements um, came together beautifully. I don't think it was stylized in a similar way to Underworld or to like Sin City, though. Like not visually stylized like that. When I oh. say stylish, I mean like like the film's pacing was really fun. And especially the action sequences had a, a lot of like grace and choreography that felt very stylish to me. But it wasn't like, which is a benefit to the movie. It wasn't like gray toned or... No. Or too, like, noir or anything like that. Oh, I think it was definitely stylized. I mean, what I would call this would be uh, Tumblr slash TikTok aesthetic of mob aesthetic, um, which is very glam, opulent, city tones. But yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I also thought it was really interesting because we, you know, having watched a fair amount of action movies now, this one really drove home the idea of living by a code and what happens when somebody breaks the code and where is it okay for them to break the code, which we've seen in Fast and Furious. We've kind of seen in Mission Impossible. Where did you see that in this film? Oh, I mean, with the hotel, when the the main mob guy agrees to have his son killed. That's yeah. like his own personal code. And even for Keanu, it was like, they had broken his code, which was he was out of the game. He wasn't going to, you know, hurt anybody. And yeah. then came, you know, came for him, killed yeah. his dog. And that's where he just snapped. It's it's funny because one of my teachers, um, one of my acting teachers references this movie all the time when he talks about rage. Oh, yeah. And I think this is a great, it is a great example of just, you know, what happens when somebody gives into pure hot rage. Yeah, there was that great scene in this. It's right after he's been tortured where he really explains them like, my wife just died, you killed my dog, and you came after me, and, like, this is over. Like, I'm not holding back anymore. Like, I am back. It was yeah. a really effective scene. Um, the dog itself was very cute. They really did a great job of making us fall in love with the dog and, like, seeing how much the dog meant to him before it died. That it was, like, something that, like, finally gave him a little bit of hope. But that's right. In that scene, that's what he said. I wrote it down. He said, you killed that hope from me. Yeah, I thought it was really great. Um, and it it it's fun in the way of, like some classic noir films um like some hitchcock films too where 
he is just a man in the wrong place at the wrong time at the beginning. The event that puts these the rest of the series of events into play is happenstance that he's getting gas and he happens to be at the wrong place at the wrong time where you have the mobster's son goofing off and begins to threaten John and try and get his car. And because of that moment, the rest unfurls. But that was just happenstance. That was just chance. What I really loved also at the beginning was the fact that, yeah, this event sort of sets everything off. But we don't know anything about John Wick before that, except that his wife has died. We have that little flash at the beginning, kind of that teaser of something has happened. Yeah. So we know his wife is dead from the beginning. We know that he's very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And so you kind of just, because he's so chill, you kind of assume like, I thought he was a tech guy, maybe. Right. Yeah, it could have easily been a story of a guy who who happens to be put upon um, like a mob situation and then gains whatever skills he needs and then, you know, ends up winning. Like it could have easily been. That's what I totally thought it was going to be. Yeah. A random man encounters bad guys and then rises to the occasion. Yeah. But it turned out to be a guy who was already enmeshed with bad guys, having the wrong chance encounter, and then going off. For me, it was really a movie. Excuse me. <clears throat> I just inhaled a ton of sushi and uh, LaCroix. So I'm like, my voice is doing a weird modulation thing. Um, not sure what's happening. But for me, this movie was also basically like everyone answers to someone. The scene I really loved at the beginning after, you know, the dog dies and Alfie Allen is doing his annoying mobster child thing where the mob boss basically has a heart to heart with his son. Oh yeah. That was a great scene. Oh, it was so good. And it's revealed that like, instead of being like, Oh, I'm the, I'm the big scary mob boss. I've got this. It's like, Oh my God, you killed John Wick's dog. You like stole his car. This man is not who we mess with. Yeah. It was a really nice raising of the state or establishing what, what the stakes were because we're initially like, Oh, these mobsters are really scary. And like you said, it's establishing, no, this is the guy that we're afraid of. And it's intercut with him breaking into his own stash of weapons and, and money that he keeps under the floorboards um, in his mansion. Right. But then it does make sense why you'd have a mansion later. It actually ended up making sense for me that he got all this money from the mob. Yeah. The movie was really, really tight. And I also, I feel like in action movies, I mean, you know that one of my pet peeves is that people jump out of buildings and they live. Yes. And that's fine. Or like there are weird physics things where I'm not a scientist or a physicist or anything, but it's like fire doesn't react that way with skin. You can't like emerge from fire and be fine. But this movie really felt like it had cause and effect. Like Mm -hmm. Alfie Allen killed his dog. John Wick goes after all of them. You know, the girl, Miss Perkins, breaks the code of the hotel. She has consequences. And it was just really nice to see. And also like when people get shot, they don't get up again. Or like, you know, if they run their car into a wall, that's what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It was grounded in that way. And and he was able to get hurt, which was good. Like he you can see that he's in a ton of pain by that big stab wound he has. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the violence? Yeah, let's talk about the violence. <laughs> um, this movie is really, really violent. Yeah, it was it was extremely violent, but it took no time at all before you become numb to it. Mm-hmm. because it's the the volume of the violence, the extent of it, and just how common it is for him and his reaction, because he doesn't give a fuck. You know, one of the earlier scenes is that he kills 12 guys in his house. Right. Um, but just like, boom, 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 boom. Just dead, 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 dead. Yeah, it was just numbing. And then later I really thought, and they, they pointed to this in the film, which was smart, but it felt like video game violence. It felt like it was easy mm. to kill. It was like a shot to the head, and a little bit of blood came out, and then they fell no one screams. No one like makes any sound of pain or 
has a slow death afterwards or no, it's just like video game violence. They just fall to the ground after a little bit of blood and it's just easy for him. It just looks so easy. Um, and then the, they show that scene with Alfrey Woodard. What was that his name? Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen. <laughs> with that guy in the safe house and his buddy is playing like violent video games where he's shooting and killing people in the video game just the way that John Wick is in the film. It was such ease. It was like nicely mirrored while we watched John Wick like take out you know 10 other guys. Yeah. But their lives are literally meaningless. It was just constant death. It, it was, you know, it was just a lot. I thought it was also interesting in that scene where Alfie Allen is having a reaction to his friend playing video games mm-hmm. too. It was interesting also because I feel like I got numb and then we had a few torture scenes and I was like, I don't think I can, you know, I don't think I can watch this. <laughs> but well, he didn't really get tortured. No, I mean, with his friend, Marcus Willem Dafoe. Oh yes, he got tortured. Yeah. But that was pretty brief. I mean, in terms of torture scenes, like I've seen worse. Um, we didn't have to watch any like nails getting pulled off or any, anything about like that. Yeah, or anything with eyeballs or tongues. Yeah. That's yeah, true. He just got stabbed a little bit. There was also sort of a, I wrote, a, sort of a bleak pleasure in watching this movie unfold in the sense of like that scene at the beginning. And then we know that it's all being done in the name of consequences, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, and just to go back to the violence too, like I did feel numb to it and also satisfied by it, which is like, I think the point, one of the points of the film mm-hmm. is that because we've established that this is like justified killing within the world of this film, then, you know, his dog is dead. These people said they would leave him alone, but now they haven't. And he's connecting the dog's death with his wife's death. And also the death of the idea that he could have a normal life um, and a hope for that. Because of all that, it's like the deaths are all justified. And so there's a joy that I got in watching him like video game style, take out this one, this one, this one, this one. So quickly and their bodies would drop to the ground and go, yeah, like, great. And now he's only got, what's his face? The sun running around the bathhouse and oh, he's just going to easily kill this guy and that guy and that guy to get to him. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt like a video game, like stacking up kills. It made sense. and It felt good. It's a bleak pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just says something about how effective a movie is at making even you and me feel like that felt good. Yeah. Right. You should stack up this giant pile of bodies because they killed his dog. And I did, I did feel that. I thought it was also really interesting to see. So in the movie, I think his name is Dean Winters, the actor, um, Mayhem. Oh man, yeah, I love him. The Beeper King from Thirty Rock. He was um he was in Thirty Rock as the Beeper King. Oh yeah, yeah, right. it's the Beeper King. It's Dennis. Dennis from Thirty Rock. Oh, he was so nice. funny. And then he also um plays mayhem in those is it State Farm or one of those insurance it's companies? A, yeah, it's a car insurance it's some insurance company. He plays the, the concept of mayhem, interrupting people's lives and houses and cars. He's hilarious. He was the comic relief in this movie. He was great. Well, and he was also sort of, I don't want to say like the moral compass, but it was really interesting to see him not be comfortable with the violence. That Did he, you think so? Well, it was very clear, like, I think it was a great example of somebody somebody who knows exactly what's going on. Like, can be like, okay, they're going to go kill those people, but not in an actual, like, witness sort of way. Like, until that moment when um, the mom boss tells him to stay in the room with his son while he beats up his right. son. Right, he didn't want to see, uh, yeah. he didn't want to see the mob boss beat up his son. He didn't want to right. see that and he didn't want to see any of the other violence, but he was totally fine with being part of the mob. Yeah, and he like, didn't have a paid. problem with it. He just didn't want to watch yeah. it. Right. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. 
I wrote Mayhem is my fave. <laughs> he was really charming and funny. And yeah, he's the comic relief. So he had a couple lines that were funny, mostly that he didn't want them to keep talking Russian. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I loved all the action scenes and how they fought, uh, shot them too. Mm-hmm. It was really nice to see, like to actually be able to see the action as John Wick takes down 12 people. Yeah, no, it was really beautifully choreographed. Yeah. Um, very stylishly, like the camera movements were really nice and, and then we watched a very long, very hilariously self-indulgent special feature that came with our Amazon rental about the stunts. And we we're like, oh, we'll just put this on while we wait for our sushi. And mm-hmm. that's fine. I kept going on and on. <laughs> so what we learned is that they choreographed them and also filmed them at the same time to make sure they like could link up, basically. And also, what did we learn, Rebecca? Oh, that the Keanu is the most dedicated actor that's ever been. And he gave up his whole summer. And he worked eight hours a day on these stunts and he was really wonderful and actually acted. He did his job. <laughs> yeah, he did his job. I mean, we don't doubt that Keanu Reeves is, is a wonderful human. But... Oh, yeah, he seems lovely. Like of, of all the action stars that we encounter, I mean, he seems wonderful. But it's just the, the self-indulgence of like, this is the most amazing actor. Like, what were you telling me? Like, like every director. Oh, yeah. Every special, like, special scenes or featurette thing. Every director in action movies. Because I watch a lot of YouTube clips of, like, there's this trainer, Magnus, and he trains, you know, Alicia Croft. Sorry, not Alicia Croft. Uh, Alicia Vikander for Laura Croft. Or he trained uh, Mackenzie Davis for Terminator. And it's, he's always like, she trained so hard. And it was the hardest I've ever seen any actor train. Well, like, yeah, if I were getting paid. <laughs> Yeah. To train and eat the right food. Yeah. If I was getting paid to only work out, I would also look like The Rock. (laughs) Right. So that maybe that's a solution for getting in shape is just like find out how to get paid for it. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think that's pretty good motivation. Yeah. I would do it for money. All right. So cast us both in in an action movie. Yeah. Done. Done. Easy. Why doesn't everyone just do that to lose weight? (laughs) So one of the things in this film that you like... It's a clear, just sort of buy-in you have to do, like a suspension of disbelief, is that the cops aren't going to come after him at any point. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote down, are there no cops in New York City? Right. It just, it gets really ridiculous at a certain point. Like one of the earlier scenes where he kills 12 guys in his house, the cops come. Clearly it's a cop on the mob payroll who knows John Wick, sees a body behind him and goes, great, I'm not going to worry about this and leaves. But they shot up a big nightclub in the middle of the city. Maybe like over 20 people died. Hundreds of witnesses. I mean, I can understand the New Jersey suburbs one because they're like, if it's an enclave of sort of the wealthy and the mob has them in their pocket, like that makes sense because it's a smaller area. Yeah. But in New York, there's got to be one cop who is like, well, hundreds of witnesses are going to the cops saying, I saw this man who had his face out for everyone to see shoot like 30 people. Do you think you would have preferred a scene, like a very short scene in which the cops are being paid off by the mob boss? Or maybe a cop, maybe we could see a cop running to the scene and he he has his radio and he's like, oh my God, 51, whatever. There's a thing and someone in the blind goes, like, go back to your car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe we could have used that. Yeah, maybe like a half a beat of that would have been like, okay, but all the cops are corrupt. But, you know, he goes and shoots up a church, too. Yeah. And, uh, and... That's fine. <laughs> well, remember in that scene, though, I thought it was interesting. The movie was very specific in showing us all the tattoos of, like, the gang members on their right. hands. You knew they were all mobsters, including right. the priest who right. killed. So it was, yeah, it didn't feel as uh, sacrilegious as, <laughs> as that scene could have felt. Side note, I had no, and I wrote this down, I had no idea that contract killing was, like, so lucrative. Yeah. I mean, Willem Dafoe. They Defoe, made a ton of money. Well, Willem Dafoe's in a, like, a New York City, like, Upper East Side mansion. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and John Wick is living in a California style, like all glass house in Jersey that make no sense there, but it's beautiful. And then I also wrote down that like a church is a really good front because it's tax exempt. Oh, that is true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like it's a great way to get money in and yeah. not have to pay any taxes. Um, but that was a great scene too, where he, you know, he goes to the church and he kills everyone but the priest, um, who's also a mobster, but they kill the priest now, priest dies. Well, he kneecaps the priest, which That's just right. the, uh, sounds like an awful way to <laughs> be shot. <laughs> yeah, not great. He does that, but then he discovers, you know, they have um, printing their own fake money and they got all this crap. And he just burns it all down. He doesn't take any of it. I did. I was hoping he was going to like distribute that money and like maybe give it to a to whom an organization against mob violence. <laughs> all right, one of those charities. Yep, I'm sure they exist. <laughs> uh, but I also recognize that he didn't really have the time to do that. Yeah, he, he was, was on, on a mission. He was a man on a mission. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, the, the cops thing, that was tough for me. Just the hundreds of witnesses, that was tough. And there's a very sexy guy in a turtleneck who oh, gets yeah. to live. And he would look like a male model. He was hot, really hot. Or a mobster model. Model yeah. mobster. Yeah, he was so handsome. So I'm glad he survived as long as he did. What do you think the like the career path for a contract killer is? Like, do they start in the mob and then they like eventually contract out and become yeah. one of the foe and like earn a bunch of money and then like maybe take on contracts if they want? Yeah, I think that must be it. Like they start in the mob and then it's like, you're pretty good at killing. And they're like, I'm actually excellent at killing. And then they get like more chances to prove themselves. And then it's like, oh, we want you to go kill this other person, I guess. But it seems like it's really hard to get out of the mob once you're yes, in. Yes, that makes sense. I mean, they talk about that a lot. Right. And so, Willem Dafoe doesn't seem out at all. He's still no. in. Although he does betray the mob to help John Wick twice. We thought he was going to go after John Wick for his own gain. Actually, and the movie did a really good job of setting that up. Yeah. I like not knowing whether he was... Well, you, you don't know because of uh, John Wick's reaction to seeing him at the funeral. Right. That would have given it all away. But John's um, ambivalence towards seeing him at the funeral... He didn't, he wasn't excited. He was just like sort of wary. Like, why are you here? Like, he'd kind of keep your distance. That made me think, oh, this guy is going to hunt him down once the, the contract was put on his head. Totally. And that was a great shot too of like the silhouette of Willem Dafoe following John Wick as he leaves. I just really liked it. Leaves the funeral? Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. That was really fun. I just, I loved the whole idea of this world. It was just very cool how it was like, you know, the Continental, there are rules here. Right, <laughs> right. there's a mobster hotel. <laughs> looks like it's in the Flatiron building mm -hmm. um, where you can go and then they give you like anything you need at all times, like a doctor to sit you up, a free car. Right, it's like neutral ground for mobsters. Right, that all the mobsters go there. That's where they negotiate treaties because like- Right, they, they can't do any business though. Like, so they just drink and like have fun, but they don't kill each other there. Except for Tyra from uh, Friday Night Lights does. Uh, she breaks whatever the rules are. She breaks the code. Yes. And tries to kill John Wick. But it's unsuccessful. But it was fun. Yeah, it was a funny idea that they have this, like, mobster hotel. And mm -hmm. they, they know the whole deal. They're like, oh, are you making a dinner reservation? Like, aka, like, need a cleanup crew for your murders? He's like, no, not yet. But, like, they just, yeah, they get it. Just, like, a fun detail to this world. That he has, like, a, a safe place to stay while murdering. Right. And that's just like where all the hit people go. Yeah. Well, yeah, he runs into a buddy there who helps him watch uh, Tyra from Friday Night Lights. Before she murders Before him. Before she kills him. Yeah. Awesome. 
I do want to talk about the the heart to hearts that happened. Okay. There were so there were a couple of scenes. The most notable being where the mob boss sits down with John Wick and is like, he's gonna kill him basically. But instead of just killing him, mob boss is like, we're gonna talk about how you know you're you're so unique and one of a kind. Oh, it's where the mob boss is trying to talk him down? No, it's where he's going to leave his goons to kill him. But instead of just killing him, he just talks with him and then gives him a chance to escape. Remember, it's where he, they, he leaves and then he has them put the plastic bag over his head? Uh-huh. And I just don't understand. I know the movie had to happen. Like, it had to happen like that. And obviously there's that James Bond quote where it's like, you know, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Where they have to have the villains talking with them. Oh, yeah. But it would just be more, much more effective if he just killed him. Right. Yeah, it didn't quite make sense for him to pause in that moment. Right. And say, like, basically, like, we had a good thing going. We didn't need to turn, like, unprofessional. Right. It's too late for that. Right. Yeah, we should talk to you about the mob boss deciding to give up his son. Oh, that was such... That was a great moment. Yeah. I mean, it's clear he doesn't like his son. His son's a little shit. Right, but he's no still, one could like his son, but it is still his son. He still loves his son. Does he? I mean, I think in the sense of like familial attachment. I don't know. I think I don't know if he loves his son. I think to to tell this guy, yeah, you can kill my son, means he doesn't love him. Yeah, because he it, chose himself over his son. It was it was a clear to me like my life or my son's life, and he said, yeah, take my son. But even that wasn't without consequences. Oh yeah, so he I, felt bad. I think he yeah he sort of cracked because of that right so there's some sort of attachment there yeah but that was a great scene where john wick is going after alfie allen and the mob boss is like lit up a joint and is just kind of silently weeping sort of did you see him cry i didn't see him cry oh, maybe he's just staring at yeah the i just saw him like staring and getting high okay that was probably it <laughs> maybe i mean maybe you caught a tear i didn't catch a tear I mean, well, the movie wasn't, like, explicitly showing, like, a single tear rolling <laughs> down his cheek. It was more just a real heaviness. I think, I mean, I think I like it better, at least what I remember seeing, without him crying. I think it's better that he, like, is numbing himself in that moment. Yeah, yeah. So, I probably just made up the tears in my head. <laughs> he's crying on the inside. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, on the inside, he's definitely upset, and that's why he's getting high to, to escape that moment. Yeah. And that was, that was powerful, though. That was a great moment, where it's like, okay, he's crossed a major line for himself he's broken his own code yes <laughs> i'm not gonna let this die i'm just gonna like shake it like a dog with a toy or a rabbit or something <laughs> oh god when he said shake it i immediately thought like shake it like a baby or something oh my god it's not what you're supposed to do by all accounts <laughs> no but speaking of dogs near the end of the film i was like the only way this movie can end is we see him at the adoption center getting a new dog and lo and behold, <laughs> where he finds himself when he's in like dire need of a staple gun and bandages is either an animal shelter. I think yeah. it's an animal shelter. With all these dogs who need homes. I know. And he picks one right away and he's like, you're my new baby. Yeah. That's so cute. Pitbull baby. Yeah. That was very sweet. And I'm like, I called it. But yeah. I'm so glad he got another dog. It does worry me for the sequels though. You know, I think this dog's going to survive. They okay. can't do that again. They, they can't. can't. Do, they can't do that twice. I didn't also didn't realize there were like four sequels after this. Yeah, there are. There's three. There's two more. There's two and three are out. And then four comes out next year. Oh, my gosh. But it looks like the cast gets really good for the next couple, too. Mm-hmm. Like we saw Lawrence Fishburne and Halle Berry. And it should be really fun. Although we haven't really heard anything about the sequels, have we? Not particularly. <laughs> People talk about John, the original John Wick being very good, though. And yeah, I, absolutely. I agree. Um, but no, I haven't heard much about the sequels. Yeah, this movie was just really satisfying. It was. It was really good. 
And in the end, you know, he's accomplished his goal. He's killed literally everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> killed all the people who stood in his way from killing the guy who killed his dog and some extra people too. But he can't retire. Oh, no. He, there's no way he can go back to, to not being John Wick after this. What did you make of um, Adrian Palicki's character, Ms. Perkins? Oh, I liked her. I thought that was fun. It, it felt like, I'm bummed by the way she died. I know you liked it. I didn't like it. The way she dies is is by firing squad, essentially, for breaking the rules of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, like four guys, you know, shoot her at once. I thought that was a little unsatisfying for me. I wanted to see her go out shooting, you know, and go out like fighting because she was such a fun character. But I also wanted to hear more of her backstory. Like, I wanted to know how she and John interacted before. Like, was there, like, did they hook up before he got married? Like, there was, like, a cute, like, flirty stuff with them, too. So, yeah, I, I just wanted more from her. But I really liked her. I thought she was cool. I liked that ending just because they had talked. And I know I've talked a lot about consequences and how much I like them in this movie. But even within the hotel and those scenes, they yeah. talked a lot about like, oh, if you break the code of the hotel, management doesn't like it. And we hadn't seen any of that. You know, it seemed like nobody was getting in trouble at all. Yeah. So I sort of like that little callback of there are consequences. I wish she was going to be in the sequel. Yes. Yeah. And I wish that she, we got more from her. Yeah. Um, Instead of sort of just like quick witty banter, which was great some awesome fight scenes and then she was basically dead i mean i i did appreciate too like how how she was introduced just as like another hitman in this world it's full of hitmen just dozens of them they're all pretty cool and funny and they all know each other and they all like have a laugh but they're just like this hotel's crawling with just fun hitmen who you know may be on the job or may just be having a drink um but have like a a general like workplace respect for each other (laughs) I liked that. Right. It wasn't like she was introduced in lingerie. It wasn't like she was seducing him. Yeah. It was like she was introduced on her own merits as a hitman. Yeah, exactly. It is coincidental. He like runs into her. You know, also it's sort of, it makes sense because it's sort of about hitmen. Did you watch Mandalorian? Um, parts of it. Okay. So it reminds me of that a little bit, just in the sense of, of it's like, now the bounty's out on this one person and we're all going after this contract. Mm-hmm. I actually would really like to see a movie where there's, you know, an app. For Hitman? Like, how do you find these people otherwise? <laughs> how do you find your mark? Remember, there was an episode of Scam Goddess um, that was really good, and I'll probably butcher in my retelling. But there's this, a bunch of people have gone to jail because there's a website like called like hireahitman.com, oh and it looks like really janky. I'm sure you can go to it now. And But people would try and hire Hitman from it, and it's like an FBI website. Oh, my God. Trying to like entrap people or like not in trap but you know cash people trying to hire hitmen for the record i i just want this in like a movie not yeah for myself. i don't but, want it to be, to be developed <laughs> but it um it's caught a lot of people and a woman just went down for it very recently for you trying to use this website oh my but, god but like trying to hire a hitman through it that is <laughs> hilarious and horrifying and also just like really <laughs> yeah it's just you know people are so stupid so i guess you shouldn't hire a hitman that way well see in my vision again for a movie um, or a series you know it'd be like the continental hotel where it's sort of like you have to know what the app really is for like maybe it's an app for ordering groceries but instead of ordering like two pizzas you're really ordering right you put in the right order and then it's right and you get the right address yeah uh again for a movie (laughs) no ideas (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like that evil idea that's fun do you think mission impossible will use it (laughs) 
Oh God, probably. I think it's really interesting to see how, especially action movies, sort of use whatever sort of uh, developing technology or what they imagine developing technology to be, how they use it in, in their plots. I mean, there actually wasn't too much of that in this. Yeah, but in other movies, it's been there. Oh yeah, there's that weird song too. Oh, right. That played twice in like two different scenes in the movie. The lyric they kept repeating was, we kill strangers so we don't kill the ones we love. It's weird. I mean, it's weird at all to have a, mo- a song play twice in the film. When did when was the next time it played? Or the second I don't know. Play? I just noted it twice. Oh. Like in two major scenes, they played it. Yeah. I think one of them was where they were talking about the contract going out on John's head. I'm sure there was some sort of parallel to be made about Willem Dafoe supposedly putting aside his personal preferences for their friendship versus his job. I just thought of something I was going to say earlier when you were talking about like the contract going out on John Wick's head. I wanted to see more hitmen coming after him. Same. Like I thought it would be fun if like the guy who checked him into the hotel like pulls his gun out and tries to kill him. Like where were the more hitmen like jumping at the opportunity? Because clearly this is a world full of hitmen. Where were they jumping at the opportunity to kill him and get that money? I know. I really, because they set it up to be, to be like that where it's just like one after another. I guess they didn't have the app I was talking about. <laughs> they didn't go to hireahitman.com. They didn't order a pizza to be delivered to the continental <laughs> room 232 that's right but yeah like even even the hitman guy who was his buddy you'd think he would then pull a gun and be like sorry man like it's two million dollars it's not personal it's business yeah or even and you suggested the bartender who was like no the the uh, concierge guy oh yeah no but or on the bartender too right. i thought she was also gonna go after him yeah that would have been nice. Instead, she was just like super into him and was like, so sorry about your wife. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but not sorry. Right. Also, here's where Alfie Allen is. Um, I did actually think, and I'm really glad they didn't, I thought that they were going to like link his wife's death back to the mom. Oh, yeah. And that would have made would've, sense. It would have made sense, but I think it would have been a very easy kind of out. I agree. I like that they kept that like very straightforward, that she died of cancer or some other illness. Um, where she knew that she was dying in order yeah. to get her the dog. But that, yeah, that way it couldn't be framed as like, oh, the mob actually went in there and like pulled the plug. Right. The mob delivered the the toxins into your lungs. I don't know. You know. <laughs> Side note, this is based very loosely on a true story. Yeah, that was funny to see. According to the internet, at least. We're on the internet now. The story is loosely inspired by an incident in Texas involving former Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell, who wrote Lone Survivor, about his fire team's ordeal during Operation Red Wings in Afghanistan in 2005. Luttrell was given a yellow Labrador puppy, whom he named Daisy, after the members of his fire team. Oh, okay, but nothing happened to the puppy. I hope not. I mean, it just sounds like the name of the dog is the same. Okay, that's better. <laughs> I feel like you were scared that, that that paragraph would end with the dog dying, so you were reading it so fast. Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the dog's okay. Okay. I hope so. Your little Daisy's okay. Well, Daisy would be about 20. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm sure she's doing fine. I'm sure she's alive and well. Obviously. Well, my dog Emily is going to be 10 in March, and it feels like crazy. Well, Emily's going to live forever. Well, she is immortal, and not... Like, her vet doesn't know it yet, but I know it. I keep trying to explain it, but they just don't understand her. They'll figure it out when she never dies. Right. That's like Max Whitlock. Well, he's not my cat. He's also not James's cat. He's his own cat. Who happens to live with us, which if you you have any experience with cats, that's just how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, a cat with no master. Although he did come and sit with me. He really likes, um, there's a blanket in my office, and he loves to come and like lay lay on it. It's really sweet. I like to pretend that he's sitting with me. Let's see. 
With Emily, you never have to <laughs> guess if she's into you. Yeah. She'll yeah. tell you again and again and again and again. She's very expressive as a dog. Okay, so imagining the sequel, he's killed everyone who was in his way. He's killed yeah. the whole Russian mob, as far as we know. Okay, maybe, here we go. There's a boss of the boss. There's some, like, super, super boss of the Russian mob, and he works in the government. Mm. And he knows that John Wick just took out the entire Russian mob in New York. And he's like, I'm not happy about that. So then he goes after John, and then John has to kill more people. Right. Or, I mean, the thing that we know with action sequels is it goes either one of two ways, which is if there are enemies, they become friends, Mm -hmm. or it, it gets bigger. So this was New York, so I think you're right. It has to become the country. Maybe there's FBI involved. Uh-huh. I mean, there are four sequels, so that has to, that will expand into like globally, he's saving the world. Or, or maybe the other, maybe he has to join up teams with the other hitmen in the world. Oh, oh, he has to link them all together. Yeah. In arms and friendship. <laughs> um, the point is, though, I think that, I think you're right, is that everybody answers to someone. When you said link them up, I imagined, uh, you know, us, the movie us. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I didn't have that, that image too. Everybody so scary. <laughs> That's a great film. I I'm sure his dog will be okay though in the sequels. His dog, like not on wood. You can't introduce another puppy no. and have that puppy get killed. Yeah. I also, and this is a spoiler for us, but I did when I was looking at the, the little icons for John Wick two and three. When I clicked over to three, I saw the dog in it. In the picture. Oh, okay, good. So it that looked like dog? it looked like the same pit bull. It could okay. have been a different. It looked like that same pit bull. So I think knock on wood. I think that means that dog survives. <laughs> I remember my dad was so, I think I might have told this story already, but um, when I was probably 12, my dad rented uh, Alien from the library oh, sure. for a sleepover, but we were watching it and throughout the entire movie, my dad, I think at some point left because he was so tired of watching with 12 year olds who kept asking, but is the cat okay? Oh, you know, sure. Does the cat live? Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so trash can fires. What would you give this? I really enjoyed John Wick. I think it's a really solid action movie. It's what we look for. Could have had a little bit more humor, so it's going to knock it like a point for me. I definitely give it a four. What about you? 100% a four. Yeah. It's hard cause with like with giving things five, that, men, or that means that I have to like really love it and yeah. everything has to be perfect. And honestly, I think speed is a five. I agree. I was just you know? thinking speed when we were, yeah, when you were saying that. I think it's hard to give a drama a five because, especially if there's no comedy, it's tough. You yeah. Know? It's tough when it's so, so heavy. Um, but this is a really solid four. I agree. I, I really enjoyed it and I'm excited about the sequels. Me too. So next week, we will be watching The 399. Yes, an uh, action movie with a largely female cast. It looks really fun. It just came out on streaming, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Same. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the movies we've done, well, not a lot of the movies, but <laughs> the past three movies have been primarily men and also in a pre-2017 world, mm-hmm. which... Well, except for Red Notice. Right, right. But that means that there's not so much focus on creating really fully fleshed out female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for 399. Me too. I think it's going to be a fun one. So... If you want to, you're welcome to watch the movie this week and listen to the episode with us or not. Either way, we're going to talk about it. Um, Spoilers abound. Always. And in the meantime, you can find us at Ladies Get Action on Instagram. If you have a movie recommendation, you can email it to us at ladiesgetaction at gmail.com. And then if you want to find me, Rebecca Ringley, you can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Ringley Casting, or at my personal Instagram, which is currently public, but maybe not for much longer, which is at Rebecca Ringley and Rin. You can find me uh, 
on Instagram at Rin Olson, and that's R-I-N-O-L-S-S-O-N. It is public, and I haven't posted there to a very long time, so come follow me. (laughs) Play along, way, don't you? That's it for Ladies Get Action. Uh, Until next time, get some action. Mm -hmm.